the best of the week on Relevant Radio. What will our future be with Neuralink? Elon Musk's company with the brain chip for the brain transplant that can lead you to one day, if you so chose, if it continues to be passed through approval from the FDA, where your mind could control a computer without your hands, but just your your brain responding to the Neuralink in your computer. The computer responds and makes functions accordingly. I'll explain it a little bit more if you are not super familiar with Neuralink. The hope is, is that, and I'll talk about the potential it has. The hope is, is that it will help in treating serious diseases, Parkinson's, epilepsy, Alzheimer's, helping people who have prosthetics, people who are paralyzed. There's much to be said, but this technological advancement also paves the way here for many concerns, but how it works. And I think it's key that we kind of understand it would make it so that you have the brain transplant, you have the chip, and basically the computer outside of the body is able to read different things going on in your brain to make it so that it can operate, for example, prosthetics or do certain functions on a computer. We'll talk about some of the risks later on and where this is going, but I was keen to get your insights. Joining me now is Hugh Brown. He's the executive vice president of American Life League. Hugh, you shared here before that one of your dearest friends was paralyzed many years ago and suffered immensely as a result until his more recent death. And with that, with being paralyzed, there's much to be discussed when it comes to prosthetics. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on the latest technological advancements with Elon Musk sharing the news this week that the first patient has received a brain transplant and is recovering well from Neuralink. What are your thoughts on the latest technological advancements with Neuralink? There are things like pacemakers. There are other implements that can be the human body can be connected to, you know, to help us breathe. We could, we could be intubated, meaning we have a machine that helps us breathe. Right. There are people that have has suffered brain injuries that are, that are alive. Their brain is functioning, but they, they can't open their eyes and they have feeding tubes. So there's technology that obviously, and there's probably many, many more. There are many technologies that are very helpful. And I think at its face value, if Neuralink could allow someone who's paralyzed to begin to move, or have feeling in uh, limbs or parts of the body that are paralyzed, you know, to me, that's miraculous. But as you read and study where the science and where the technology, where the end state is, you have to also realize we live in an age where we murder 1 million babies a year. Uh, we, we harvest their parts for, for science and claim that we don't. There are parts of the world where the allegations in China that there is human organ harvesting and we live in places in the world where people are viewed as commodities. And if you look at the whole globalist, quote unquote, mindset, the, the World Economic Forum and all the other things that are out there, the Great Reset, the bottom line in all of that, people are the problem, right? There's just too many people, right? And you go all the way back to the virus. Where did the virus come from? The, the, the government still doesn't want to tell us the, the truth, right? And we know where it came from. It came out of China, whether intentional or not. It, it caused irreparable harm. So the world's response to to, to the current day and age is there are too many people and there need to be less of them. So that being the case, I don't think we can trust at all that technology like this, if it evolves to where they want it to evolve, to things such as they call it consensual telepathy. That means you and I, Timory, could communicate online, so to speak, in our minds, yeah, right? right? You're sitting where you are and I, I'm here in Virginia. 
imagine, imagine any government or anybody of ill will in the world getting the ability to access everybody that has those. I mean, to me, it's just nuts. I, we just, you can't trust today. The lack of virtue, I think globally is a problem. And a science like this, while it may be miraculous at some point to help people perhaps use limbs that have been, you know, frozen or broken because of being paralyzed or suffering some other trauma, where this is going, you know, the whole uh, transhumanist, which is a whole other, you know, conversation of people that think they're better than God or know better than God. And I use Dr. Fauci as an example. There's a quote from him. Anyone can Google. He was asked if he was Catholic, and his, his response is he evolved past all that. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah, all that. Right. Yeah, that's silly Catholic stuff. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's the mindset that we're dealing with. So this, to me, you would never have me line up to say install that in my head. I mean, that just mm-hmm. – I don't um, – oh, well, you can access – you can answer your phone calls in your brain. I mean, it's just, it's just insanity as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. If it can help mm-hmm. paralyzed folks or disease, sure. But obviously – We've shown as, as a race, we, we discard God quickly because we see dollars or we see whatever our own humanist agenda is. And it never, it never ends well for many, many people. It was interesting here. I was having a conversation late the other night with my husband about Neuralink. And he started to approach it from a perspective similar to you. Like, okay, there's a lot of good that can be done. And if we're going to do it, here are things that shouldn't, shouldn't be done. But I think there's got to be a major pause. There's a difference, as you mentioned, from a pacemaker versus this, a breathing machine versus this. This is actually altering the human brain. And we could talk about it as treatment for healing or helping to ease things. But then we're also discussing, as you mentioned, the fact that people are looking at this as a, quote, enhancement. You mentioned, which I think is so key, and I was going to discuss it later on, that Elon Musk's part of his end game is that we're virtually communicating via telepathy, essentially, as you call it, consensual telepathy. It's intriguing and it's fascinating, but that doesn't mean just because we can or we would like to, that we should. And what is concerning to me is that this is a major human experiment. I do want to touch back for just a moment. Your friend uh, you spoke to, you shared this for years, every night on the phone who was paralyzed. And you could look at Neuralink and say, this would be a great solution potentially for his experience and his situation to potentially have prosthetics that can move or that help move his body just because we can and we can see how it would even alleviate the pain and suffering in our own loved ones' lives, that doesn't, I think, give us an excuse to chase after things that could be extremely risky, both in the end game and also in the means to getting there. Oh, listen. So something you talk about all the time and as Catholics, we're, we're focused on, and here at the American Life League, this is what we do. And I hate to use the word industry when you talk about pro-life or or, or <laughs> Yeah. or the fight for life. But look at abortion, right? I mean, abortion, when you say, you know, there are things, there are places we should go that we, we can't go. Well, where, where we've been as a society for 50 years, uh, legally, right, is you're pregnant, you don't want to be pregnant. So you end your child's life. Then you have all the arguments they use about it's not a human being and it's all this other nonsense. But that's happened to the tune in this country of, I don't know the numbers now, 700 million people that we know of and globally probably billions when you look at the Chinese. So clearly life doesn't matter. So to imagine it's no stretch, right, to say that consensual telepathy 
will compromise our ability to think or compromise our ability to even have free will if someone were to able to access it. Yes. And my family were big nerds. We love Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And I'd love mm-hmm. to wave my hand and say, these are not the droids you're looking for and have people walk <laughs> off in the other direction. Just look at abortion is what I come back to. Man is not afraid to go anywhere, not afraid to go anywhere when it comes to evil. And anybody that hates this country, rebels on this country, I still say this is the greatest country on planet Earth. We still have a lot of people, the media will tell you otherwise, but there's a lot of good people in this country with high moral standards that want what's better for this country. That's why it's important to do what you're doing right now. I don't know anyone else talking about this. I look at Elon Musk as someone who hopefully someday, if you look at what he's done with Twitter and you look at the things he's saying recently, I pray for that guy. Imagine if he converted to Catholicism and became devout. He could be one of our heroes. And I think we do need to pray for him. There was that huge falling out with him and the head of Google. I'm not remembering his name right now, but over concerned with regard to AI and there needing to be limitations on AI. And the fact that his comrades in the tech industry, these brainiacs who have created these incredible things that can be used for good, yet the end game that they're seeking is questionable. Hugh, thank you for joining me today on training. You can find Hugh Brown on the front line of the pro-life movement at ALL.org. That's ALL.org. I do want to talk a little bit more about Elon Musk and Neuralink. There are a lot of things to be brought up, and I mentioned this earlier just as kind of an initial response. This is an ongoing conversation. This is why the church, the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops, just earlier uh, in last year, in 2023, released a document specifically on the topic of, it was a doctrinal note on the limits to technological manipulation of the human body. And I'll share a little more about that in a moment, but if you need to be up to snuff on this, the FDA-approved clinical trials of Neuralink last May. Now, we just heard the news from Elon Musk on X that the first patient to receive a brain transplant with Neuralink was recovering well. We're covering, we're discussing the future of brain-computer interfaces, minds operating computers, but without movement of the body, movement of the hands to operate the computer. I think there is a huge need for prudence. And this is, I think, the church's approach that we virtuously look at technology available to us at our fingertips and that we make virtuous choices, faith-filled, God-filled choices, whether it be with the way I use social media today, with the way I use medicine to treat myself for good versus ill. And so I think Neuralink, for us, although it might not impact us individually right away, it is part of the future of medicine. And we need to have, I think, a huge pause on our approach. Uh, We need to ask questions such as, what is the motivation behind the developers? What is the role of suffering and the pursuit of the kingdom of heaven when it comes to technology and the easing of pain? What is the role of medicine and technology? Again, what can Neuralink do? It can make it so that with a surgical implant in your brain, this is brain surgery, an external computer can translate and read your neural signs so that it can help operate a computer, operate a prosthetic, among other things. But did you catch that? It can read your thoughts. Now, there's a potential for great good. Prosthetics stimulate parts of the brain for things such as addressing Parkinson's, epilepsy, Alzheimer's. Now, I get a little, actually more than a little concerned when I hear things such as using Neuralink with a brain chip in the brain to treat depression and anxiety. I do think that's problematic, not that depression and anxiety aren't real struggles and conditions, but this is a human condition to be addressed. And I think there's a red flag here that we don't use 
brain chips to address mental health challenges. It eliminates, in many respects, the role of virtue, prayer, the important role of suffering, the important role of physical activity and sleep and food and how all of those things significantly impact depression and anxiety. I know I've seen firsthand with my own food allergies and health issues. And just being sick alone can create mental health challenges. So there's a lot of risk here and a lot to be discussed. Uh, We could talk about the individual topics, whether it be depression, anxiety, Parkinson's, and what the potential is there. I do see the potential. But again, I think prudence calls us to not just dive into science in areas that could be risky. And what are some of the risks? There are many, and we're just scratching the surface in a topic that we will be discussing much more often. But the risk is mind control by someone operating a computer that has control of your brain. I mean, literally brainwashing and programming. Let's just be really clear here for the moment. The human person is not something to be programmed or reprogrammed. And I think that's key. So even as we discuss things such as being able to stimulate brain activity that can impact various areas of the body, there's a cosmic difference between a pacemaker. And again, you're not required to use a pacemaker. If you don't feel comfortable with a pacemaker, our Catholic Church teaching says that's not an ordinary means to stay alive. That's an extraordinary intervention that if you're comfortable with, and we see the science is conducive to do so, you can. But the mind, I mean, we have to think very keenly about how we exercise what it means to be a human being through the exercise of our mind and body together, our soul and body together, the exercise of free will, that we're able to exert ourselves with our intellect, come to know something and freely choose it. God gave us free will. We have to be careful that we don't create technologies that could usurp free will or violate that. Remember, love is an action. If God is love and I'm made with intellect and free will and I'm made in his image and likeness, well, then I too am made for love. But I exercise that through my coming to know something and freely choosing it. I really don't believe the human person is meant to be an experiment. Again, I'm all about technology and advancements and cures. But there's a reason why the church has said no to things such as human cloning, no to in vitro fertilization. And this in particular, Neuralink, think there will be much to be said and discussed on the front line of bioethics. What will we say about neuroscience in the church? This is actually dealing with the mind, the deepest connection of the body and soul. The material coming into contact with the immaterial, that is where we see our brain, the body and soul. There's so much to be understood in the significance of the role of the mind. And so more to come next week as we talk about what does it mean to enhance the body or to, quote, enhance the brain? How do we navigate and have debates and conversations now about Neuralink? Because although this might not be a form of technology and medicine available to you and I, it will be in the future. And the technology is only developing more rapidly than we can even keep up. You can join me and listen on the Relevant Radio app to Trending with Timory live each weekday at 6 p.m. Central. Thanks for listening.